You're listening to the podcast of Real Life Church. We love, we live, we relate. Thank you, France and Stu and Emil, for your help. <laughs> so, yes, well exciting. done. Yes, <laughs> exciting to uh, to to be here. So, um. Uh, yes, exciting to be here though in this in this spot. So, really, I in in the fifteen years or actually eighteen, if you add the other church as well, that are, that we've been leading a church. Um, every time I've preached, except for today, I have asked Stu if I can preach, and he said to me for the first time ever, "Do you want to preach?" It's like, okay, I think I think I will. I think I will. I think I need to step up. And my goodness, did I have the strangest, strangest week. It really, really was made pre- 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 preparing really, really difficult. So um, as you know, Johan and Debbie got married on Friday, um, which was really, really amazing to be there. And uh, because it was in Heart of Beer Sport, uh, Stu and myself and Ash and Jeff and Irma and uh, Mark and Candace said, we'll stay over. And I found the accommodation. Well, firstly, we looked at the price of the accommodation at the venue where we get, that they were getting married. And we were like, that is outside of our budget. So we will go to a place six kilometers away. I should have known it was called the Cock and Bull. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we all book. I book. And then I get everyone else to book there. And after the wedding, we go there. It's like a log cabin, and we have a log cabin up there, so no disrespect to log cabins. But you could see through the floor. Like, they weren't sealed. You could see through to the underground. And the, the bed, like, ended here. And then you stepped forward, and there was a toilet, um, a basin, and a shower with, like, a little, like, concertina, three pieces of wood together, sort of to cordon you off between the loo. But you could still see stewed through the cracks or whatever that 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 was not pleasant or good and then um uh, we get there there's no hot water we can't get the water to work the night before or the day of apparently mark and candace spent like an hour after their um when they're trying to get into their room they couldn't get in at least we could get into our room um but we had no hot water and at between two and three o'clock in the morning there was the loudest loudest noise next door it was like you know those american movies where they banging on the door of the the noisy neighbor that was us at like two to three in the morning and then i think the sort of crowning glory after four hours of sleep where we woke up at eight o'clock and said let's just leave and go home um was Stu couldn't find his wallet so i opened the drawer next to my bed and there was a little stash of pot like marijuana like a little (laughs) ziploc thing i was like can you believe it they haven't even cleaned the room out and someone's left a a stash yeah. at the cock and bull of of um, of marijuana. So that was Friday, okay, Saturday morning. Yes. So now so edit, edit all this video. So <laughs> oh, um, um, so then I did not use the yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, but what was so amazing, honestly, at the at the wedding, I I can never get the picture out my head of. Um, uh, uh, Jeff and Emil and another guy called Kerbis doing the pre-dance to um, Johan taking the garter 
to throw to all the ladies. So they were trying to get the crowd warmed up. And um, Emil, in his incredible wisdom, thought it would be good. I don't know if you know Britney Spears, but she ties a tiny little t-shirt here and has her midriff showing. Anyway, Emil thought this would be good <laughs> to do. And then to do these, like, the, these dances with these beautiful little brown belly. Uh, Emil was doing, this guy Kurbis was flinging his jacket off, getting stuck on his arm. I, I laughed so much that I was not even stressed when I got to the cock and bull and I had no hot water and it was freezing cold. So, Emil, I will never, I, I was actually got into bed, I was smiling so much. It was, it was such a, it's actually so important to laugh. It, it really reduced the stress Amen. for me, you know. <laughs> and, then, and then I get back on Saturday morning, we're literally on our way back and Naunty sends a message to say, as you know, very sadly, she's absolutely gutted. Her 51-year-old sister, Nontando, it's lovely to have Jojo here today, Nontu's daughter, uh, passed away just before she was starting chemo. And really, they, they, it, it's been absolutely devastating. Every time I see Nontu and she's crying, it, it makes me cry because I just love her so much. And um, literally went straight. But I have learned. I have learned. I have been friends with Nontu Kamalo Moyo, for 18 years and so I was running late and I got there an hour late and I I was like I know the Moyos always run late so I arrived there and everyone's standing outside and I'm like oh my goodness I've missed the entire service and everyone's standing there and the coffin's already gone off up to Zim but actually it had been delayed and it hadn't even started I was like yes finally I'm learning you know I'm learning so very very strange weekend and then just the most amazing group of people at a bri yesterday just discussions having discussions with just really different people out there in the world so what a weekend has been anyway the long and short of it is that i woke up i had stuff prepared i typed out some things and i woke up this morning i was like god you really have to help me with that so on this mother's day 2022 i just really wanted to share a little bit about God, what God has been doing in my life and the devil. He's also been having a little go there and myself um, in this journey, you know. So, you know, we, it's really amazing. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. He is three in one. He's such a relational God that even within himself, he's in a union. He's in a relationship. And when I think about us, we are also a try. We also we are made up of three parts we are made up of spirit we're made up of soul which is like our emotions and and our experiences and all of that and we're made up of body and it's really weird because if you think that god is in perfect union and relationship with himself theoretically we should be in perfect union body soul and spirit with ourselves as well so why is this so important and i think it's so important to understand because we are a whole person and we have to always deal with people as, as a whole person. Um, I call it external, internal and eternal. Um, externals are physical. John 3, 1, 2. I pray that you may enjoy good health and that it may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. And it's so interesting because... And when I looked up the scriptures for physical wellness, 
I landed up getting soul stuff. When I looked up soul stuff, I landed up getting spiritual stuff. And I realized in the scriptures there, it deals with us as a tribe, body, soul, and spirit. What about, so that's external. What about internal? Deuteronomy, you will find the Lord when you seek him with all of your heart and all of your soul. That our soul is so important because it houses our experiences and our um, our um, hurts and our wounds and our way of looking at life and then there's the eternal which is the the our spiritual side Isaiah 40 28 do you not know have you not heard the everlasting God the Lord the creator of the ends of the earth doesn't become worried or tired his understanding is inscrutable so I wanted to say that we are spirit emotional and physical but also as mothers, we are spiritual, emotional, and physical. So I, I really want to say that um, I'm a spiritual mom to some people. I'm actually an emotional mom to some people. And then I'm practically physically a mom to some people. So I want to say today on Mother's Day that every woman here is a mom, physically, spiritually, or emotionally. And, and you can develop those skills if you have a desire to become a mom by practicing those on, on others. And if you're never called to be a, a mom in the physical, you can always be a mom in the spiritual or the emotional. And it is such an incredibly, um, it's such an incredible privilege uh, to be that. Um, I used to have a very set idea of what a spiritual mom looked like for me. And for me, it was an older woman who would kind of mentor me only in spiritual things. And I think that that not only disappointed me hugely because we didn't have a lot of mothering and fathering. Actually, really for many years we were spiritual orphans. And the Lord really changed my view through the Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry because if I receive you as a mother, I will receive your gift of mothering. And I've learned that I receive little bits in part from many people to put that responsibility even on my own mom who's physically now disabled and very elderly to expect certain things from her she can't she loves me i'm her kid but sometimes she can't give me spiritually or maybe even emotionally what i need but i get a lot from her and i'm super grateful i woke up this morning saying thank you god i'm so grateful that my 89 year old mom is still in my life i really am grateful who here still has a mom that is um, alive yeah how 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 grateful are we how grateful are we and if you don't have a mom that's alive you can still receive things as a daughter and it doesn't matter what your age is i sat with ash last night actually just chatting some th things through and i'm able because if i if i see her gifting as as nurturing me I'm able to receive that as part like almost uh, her being a mother to me in that moment but some of the time I'm a mother and she's the daughter so I had this very set idea you're my spiritual mother and then you sit up on a pedestal and then I'm the kid and I come to receive relationship never ever works like Amen. that it is a giving and a receiving I, I receive from all of you at times as a daughter and I sometimes give as a mother. And yet age has got nothing to do with it at all, you know. And I, 
And I really want us to know that we can receive mothering from anyone at any age um, if we have an openness to receiving from them and we and we value them and their gifts, you know? Very good. So, uh, yeah, I said, funny enough, I've written here, it's not something set in stone like Tarzan, you daughter, me mother, you know, like, like this. It's not at all like that. It, it, it's, a, <laughs> it's a seasonal, conversational and evolving relationships. Even with our own kids, sometimes my kids will say something that ministers to me, although I always try to be the mother. It's like, just because I'm like that, you know. So when, so then I thought about it. I said, when we get saved, our spiritual person is born again. So we spirit, emotions, and physical body. Our spirit gets born again. As I understand it, please correct me if I'm theolo theologically wrong, but that spirit is completely born again. You don't get a baby spirit. You are born, you're a new creation entirely. You go from death to life. And, and I, as I see that spirit, when it becomes alive in me, when I believe in my heart and confess it with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, I don't do anything. I don't, I, I just believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. My spirit becomes born again. And even when I die physically, I, I just see this as my, as my earth suit, I unzip it, and I step out, my spirit will go on to be with, with Jesus. But my person, some of my personality and memories and stuff go with it, so I don't really sort of understand that <clears throat> fully, because I know I will recognize people in heaven, and that's about my personality. So I don't know what other kind of part of me goes there to be with him. So... But when I'm born, because of first Adam's sin, I'm separated from God. Every newborn is separated from God because of sinful nature, because of what first Adam did. And which is why Jesus had to come, a second Adam, to uh, reconnect us back to Jesus, uh, to, to God, to, to allow us to have that relationship with him. <clears throat> when we're born, physically... Hopefully most of us are born 100% fine, right? But some of us are not because of this sinful nature, because we live in a sinful world. And emotionally, some of us are not born 100% whole because maybe our mom tried to abort us in the womb. Maybe our mom had an accident or a loss or some sort of trauma. And so we, we're born with, with those things that, that we come into this fallen world with, right? So we get saved. My spirit becomes completely new. I am saved. Salvation. I believe once and forever, except if you grieve the Holy Spirit. My understanding, and I'm never going to put it to the test, is you literally have to turn completely away, denounce, and maybe invite the devil into your life. I don't know how you grieve the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to test that out. But I think it's difficult to lose your salvation except by grieving the Holy Spirit that's my personal opinion but our emotions and our body and 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 our um, how we see the world and our patterns and our racist thoughts and our homophobic thoughts and our gender biases all of that is sits in our soul and that is not saved and that's why there's this journey of sanctification the rest of our journey is walking out to make our 
um, our, our soul and our and our body the same as our uh, saved uh, spirit yeah um, and so we work in this triunion state Psalm 139 13 you created my innermost being you knit me together in my mother's womb and I just thought I love I love that analogy I'm not a great knitter but I love that analogy well why do you knit if there's not different parts like when you knit you're joining one bit to another bit yeah so when it's knitting I think he's knitting our body our soul and our spirit together in our mother's womb Proverbs 16 24 gracious words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones so words that we speak are both giving us physical and emotional healing and soothing yeah Matthew 22 37 love the Lord your God with all your heart and with your soul and with your mind Matthew 10 28 do not be afraid of those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both body and soul in hell it's talking about the devil there so as I said we work together in this triunion state or we don't what about if we're not working body soul and spirit so firstly I want to just talk briefly about our soul so if we go body spirit and soul what happens is the enemy is not super creative it says that he is beers or bub he's like a fly he's like shooting these darts of arrows constantly at us Patwang, patwang, patwang. You're useless, you're worthless, you can't do that. And we're actually fine because we, we shield them off, we shield them off. But if you, for me, if I'm tired, not good. If I'm tired and hungry, very not good. If I'm tired, cold, and hungry, I, I actually run. Yeah, run. That's all I can say. So what happens is we let our guard down and we let in that unforgiveness we let in that anger we let in that hurt or that wound because we have a moment where we where we open up to this constant firing of tiny little darts the enemy is not really creative he catches me pretty much in the same way all the time and probably you as well he's not super creative remember temptation is not sin sin is conceived in the imagination because he's constantly bombarding us with these little thoughts and these little fiery darts and it's when we go, yeah, you're useless, or yeah, can't trust people, or no, I've been abandoned, or hurt. Um, Caroline Leaf says 75 to 95% of illness today is a direct result of our thought life. I mean, what I absolutely love about Caroline Leaf, she says when you think a thought, you create a protein which is called a dendrite. And it actually has space in your head so if you think you're amazing you're creating a little protein of amazingness in your brain if you think you're a failure you are creating literally retail space in your brain saying I'm a failure and that's what the enemy does so he he's able to plant that little 
see there, we're having over 30,000 thoughts a day. And if we're not controlling those, we are starting to think things. And what happens is when we think them, we create a physiological response to them. So science is showing such a huge connection between unforgiveness and cancer. Does that mean if you get cancer, you've got unforgiveness? No, not necessarily. But the, the, when you have unforgiveness, it's releasing a whole lot of toxicity into your body and it can trigger that thing in your body because the body stores and the body remembers all pain. Yeah, it gets, it gets stored in our body unless we are dealing with it and processing it. Um, the, uh, the unforgiveness and, and arthritis link. There's a scripture about um, laughter brings joy to the bones. And they've now medically worked out that laughing um, releases dopamine and other things which stops you getting arthritis because it, it, it brings healing to the bones. Because we are so connected. <laughs> We're so connected in that way. So medical research is thinking more, is, is, is proving more and more the absolute connection between what we think and what is manifesting. And I always think of dis-ease as not having ease in our mind and causing illness and dis-ease in our body. Do we then become super condemned when we get sick? Absolutely not, because we've all got toxic thinking in some ways. Yeah. But if we're aware of it and we are understand how the enemy works and we are taking it captive we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind it all starts with how you're thinking because the person who thinks they can and the person who thinks they can't are both right yeah so then then the second thing is when the ruler and darkness of this age starts to grow this is unforgiveness deception stress fear anxiety anger doubt rebellion sexual immorality um witchcraft this can start to grow because we're giving it thought and space in our um, uh, in our in our mind, and and that's where it says uh, take your thoughts captive. And if you're not taking them captive, you're allowing them in there. So then, how you go from a captive to a prisoner is with powers and magistrates. This is with ho this then becomes hopelessness and depression, grumbling, panic attacks, torment, sleeplessness. Over here, yeah. Um, you what? And anxiety. And, and anxiety and chronic fatigue. And then you get so bad that you come under the control of the kingdom of darkness. You literally have a stronghold in your mind because you are, are allowing that thing to take root so much. But I tell you what, in a moment, the Lord can come and undo all of that. But I think that the church needs to answer for something because the church has been seen as a place of spiritual. It's the place where spirituality is, is held and, and we minister from a spiritual place. I think we have dealt with far too many things only as spiritual when they may be physical or practical. If often, you know, if when I had sciatica problems when I weighed quite a bit more, I'd go up for prayer, but I'm thinking... The reason I've got sciatica problems is I'm carrying extra weight. It's not the devil of sciatica that has rested upon me. It's actually that I'm not taking care of my body. And so at what point is it my responsibility and the Lord's responsibility? And I absolutely believe in prayer. I believe prayer moves nations. I believe <laughs> prayer moves principalities. And I believe God moves in our lives powerfully. But not everything is a prayer issue. 
because not everything is God's. We work with God. We, we, he doesn't come and do it all for us. I don't know why. I will ask him that because it will be a hangover a lot easier. But he's a God of process. If he's willing to leave 400 years between the end of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, and he's willing to take our whole lives to process things, he's not in a major rush. He may come and instantly bring healing. He may come and instantly bring a, um, a, a breakthrough for us. But often, mostly in my life, it's been about a process that he walks with me and journeys through it with me. You know, if a per person is cut over and bleeding, it's not, I'll pray for you. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm starving. My life is falling apart. Sister, I'll pray for you. I, I, I find that a, a spirit of religion because Jesus was both practical, he was emotional, he wept, and he was deeply spiritual. And I feel that we do have a lot to answer for where not everything is a prayer point. And I, I don't mean that heretically, but there are situations and times where, where, where we need to take ownership and, and stop asking God to do stuff that, that is ours to do. And then taking control of the stuff that is his to do by not letting stuff go and take it to the cross, yeah? Amen. Um, so I feel like we're actually quite double-minded. And, you know, I was thinking this morning, I've been saved, I don't know, 25, maybe 25 years. I really have finally got to the point that I really actually don't really understand how God works. It is very mysterious. Things do not it's it's very weird it, it's weird and strange and mysterious the way God's works I, I wouldn't do it in that way but then that's why I'm not God yeah but it is there's so much I don't understand and as I become further in my walk there's more and more I don't understand but this I do understand when I look back on my life even when it hasn't gone at all the way that I wanted to I have seen God never leave me and always walk me through it he does not stop me going through it and i think in our modern age i and me personally i want to go around it i don't want to go through it i don't want to feel pain and i think that affects my belief in god because i know he won't spare me i'm not spared pain because i'm a believer I'm not spared half hard times because I'm a believer and I have to go through it. And it, it was for the joy set before him that Christ endured the cross. And it, I, I really struggle with that because I don't want the pain, but I'm not exempt from pain as a believer. I'm not exempt from hard times as a believer. And I, I think that the one thing that the church has really done particularly badly is, is mental health. I think they've just brought a huge amount of condemnation and prayer for something. So, so if what I do not understand and what I want to challenge us with is if your arm gets cut open and you're bleeding, you will administer physical things to that for it. If you are not firing enough serotonin, dopamine or endorphins, we bring condemnation for those people who need that. Should we be on blood thinners, 
sciatica things, pain meds. No, not at all. None of us should be. Are we? Yes, we live in a fallen world. Does it mean we don't trust God? No. But I do believe that the, the I mean, I remember a guy coming years ago in the faith movement. His mom was on blood pressure tablets and they said, you're lacking faith. And she came off the blood pressure tablets. She died. We have to have an incre- We have to have wisdom in Amen. this walk with the Lord. And we are responsible for that. We are responsible for how we walk that through with the Lord. So I'm not preaching to justify what I'm going to share you now, with you now in terms of my own journey. But, but to say that it is, we have to tackle everyone as a whole person. And Ash and I were chatting about it last night. I was like, 100 years ago, we did not have psychologists. So how were people having massive anxiety and depression and stuff like that? And I don't think so. Were, yes, were there people getting frontal lobotomies and terrible, horrible things happening? Yes, but I, I think I'm very old. I think of Little House on the Prairie. Dun, 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 dun. All young millennials going, I have no idea what she's talking about That's right Dallas. now. Oh, is that Dallas? Oh. <laughs> okay, what was Little House on the Prairie? I'm not old enough. <laughs> what does the song for Little House on the Prairie? I know, but I can't remember. Oh, <laughs> John knows it. What? No, oh, old people. Yeah, okay. And and you'd see Mr. like power, power, power would sit round the fire with his pipe, and he'd play the violin. It's my best American twangy Texan accent, and and they'd talk about the day and life was slow, and life was hard. But you'd sit at the table with your family and you'd process things. Fast forward a hundred years. The family unit has never been under so much pressure or attack. Fathers have been taken out the particular the picture, particularly in our nation. And we just don't have time to process. Things are happening so fast and there's so much to take up our time that we're actually unable to process the things that are happening. When I think about when I first started working, where you would put a little message in an outtray, this is <laughs> how old I am, and then the little postal guy would come with his little trolley and he'd collect them, and then he'd take them downstairs, and then the person would read your email or your little message that you had typed out and printed out and sent down. It took a day to like get, then the person would email, like send the message back or whatever. Now, I've got my client in India. If they were in India and you, you faxed, you might take a week. But my client in India, like, what's me at 6 o'clock this morning, you know? And just the pace of life. I, I don't know if we were meant to live at this pace. And I think what's going to happen is we're going to have a whole new generation, like a shaker movement come up where people go, no more emails, no more phones, no more Wi-Fi. We're just going to go and live in a community and grow animals and vegetables and, and things because people are going to get so hot full of it. But what, what I'd like to say is that that um, this year, for me, they have really struggled with anxiety. And it is not something that I have struggled with um, at all, ever in my life. I've had anxious moments. But the anxiety where I feel a knot constantly in my stomach, and I, um, I'm struggling to sleep. My mind is just going, whir, 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 um, really hit me because... I thought that I was doing quite well. And I want to just tell you that my body, your body, soul and spirit will tell you when something's not right. So spiritually for me, how that manifests is I feel, I feel dry spiritually. 
I don't feel like I'm encountering God. I feel far away from God. I don't feel like I can hear him. I can still prophesy amazingly for others. But somehow I personally am left out of the equation as father, God and daughter. Yeah, Emotionally, warning signs, um, emotionally for everybody. This is what I, I uh, found on um, uh, the site was you feel tired, anxious, depressed, irritable, low sex drive, sleep issues, memory and concentration issues. I've really struggled a lot with memory and concentration issues. Compulsive behavior, which increased addiction, and change in mood. What about physically? The warning signs are heaviness in your chest, increased heart rate, shoulder, neck, or back pain, sciatica, general body aches and pains, headaches, grinding your teeth, which causes headaches, shortness of breath, dizziness. Like our body, our soul, and our spirit will speak to us. And I'm ashamed to say that I got quite far down the track because some of those symptoms like the sleeplessness and anxiety were happening and I'll just pull yourself together, keep going, keep going. And the reality is I am responsible for the temple of my body, for my emotional wellness and for my spirituality. And what we land up doing sometimes is projecting, you're not taking care of me, the kids, this, that, but actually I'm an adult. I'm accountable and responsible for my health and my well-being. Um, so what have I done to help myself spiritually i've really had a lot of covering from from the elders and i just want to say thanks to to the eldership team really for um just yeah just um loving me praying with me um and ministering to me um uh, ryan and brent came up about a month or two ago from freedom house and they spent like 40 minutes ministering to me do you know that the sciatica pain that I had completely disappeared for about two weeks? And then we got struck by lightning and we had a 21st and it was a really difficult and chaotic time. And that sciatica pain came back. Because we are linked spiritually, emotionally and physically. Often I think Anne and, and Joan will testify to a sozo where someone is releasing something soulish um, and or spiritual and, and there will be physical healing, Rebecca and others on the team, yeah? Um, the second thing emotionally is that I had a sozo with Joan. Um, and then I also went and had a walk and a chat just to unpack and to process. And that's just amazing. I cannot recommend a sozo highly enough. We have such an amazing team who've been doing it for a long time. Really, really amazing. It, it's like a car service. It just all those little darts and arrows that are coming at you constantly in one session the lord will go that thing that thing that thing he'll highlight it and he takes it away because god is on our side he wants us to be healed and whole and physically just walking one or two times a week i'm about to join a new gym thanks uh, ash and um well i don't know i haven't thanked you yet um, but I'm supplementing everything that i can think of everything naturally that i think of i want to go a natural route if it get, I have taken some anti-anxiety portions of it. It's a schedule five. I don't like doing that. But on the nights where I really can't sleep, I've taken that. Um, my aim is to be off of that as soon as possible. But if I need that, I'm living in absolute freedom to take that. Amen. I'm supplementing naturally. It's a slower process. GABA, ashwagandha. I mean, you, t you name it, I'm taking it. All natural stuff to, to supplement and help. And essential salts. And a peppermint drops on the back. Don't put them near your eyes or make your eyes water. 
and drinking water and juicing. I went to see my Christian homeopath straight away. She said, you're not drinking enough water. You're not eating enough vegetables and all of that. And, and, and it really was quite profound what Brecky shared this morning in terms of what is clogging up your well. And, and I just want to say to you that my well got clogged up and that is my responsibility. I can blame the world. I can blame stress at work. I can blame a whole lot of things that have happened. But the reality is if my well gets clogged up, it is my responsibility. No matter who has done anything to me, it's my responsibility to do that. And to take it to the Lord and to say, what is yours, Lord, and what is mine? Um, well, and so what I wanted to do today um, is because community is what's important. So uh, uh, does everyone have one of these? No, I didn't have mine yet. Okay. Okay, if you can just all take one. I just, so on your piece of paper, what I wanted to do was to say, on this, right, if you look here, um, I'd like you to draw. So here's your, if you've got body, soul, and spirit, right? I'd like you to draw to size what you, th and sorry, they're actually interlinked, body, soul, and spirit. But at the moment, I would say, um, like, so say you are spiritually not thriving, but you're doing a lot of exercise and you're eating well and stuff. Your, yours is going to look like that. So I'd like you to say, is your, I mean, ideally we want our body, soul, and spirit to all be the same, right? Um, equally balanced and in total union with one another. But right now, if you're spiritually a bit dead, make your spiritual part of you a little bit smaller. If physically you're doing really well, you're gymming, you're working out, you're eating well, physically, how are you doing physically? Just to draw that for yourself, right? On your little piece of paper. How would you give yourself proportionately in each of those areas body soul and spirit emotions which is your soul body and spirit Nev do you need a pen Nev you need a pen Anyone else need a pen? Where's my pen? that looks like. Has everyone done that? Just show, show of hands. Anyone need a bit more time? John, no. Everyone else? All done. 
Yeah? Okay. So the second thing I'd like you to do is to take the physical, spiritual, and emotional and, and ask Holy Spirit, is there something I need to do, think, believe, in order to change something in, my, in the spiritual aspect, the physical aspect, or the emotional aspect? And ask Father God to show you what is something you can do and that's your responsibility not his responsibility Thank you for listening. 